Welcome to another episode of Thoughts of a Techno Wizard. <laughs> it is Monday, April 17th, 12.27pm, 2023. And yet another episode. I'm not sure what exactly I want to talk about. But um, it's been a little minute, so here we are. Um couple things that's that I've been up to and been on my mind in the past week or week or so um shoot it, it just escaped me it just escaped me <laughs> let's see so this weekend I was um gaming yes I was playing a lot of Valheim 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 I still don't know how to say that name I need to look it up <laughs> but it's quite good I think it's Valheim yeah we had Niflheim and, and uh, um, I don't know, but whatever. It's it's a, it's a fun game. I've talked about it before, and um, I'm just enjoying myself, man. Been exploring it a little bit with one of my coworkers, um, so that's been cool. And I've been building some stuff in there. Uh, really, I I've been watching so many build videos of this game because it's just so. Um, I don't know, relaxing, but also inspiring to see really creative builds. So that's been that's been really awesome. Um, probably spending way too much time, <laughs> my free time on that. But um, I enjoy it. So it is what it is, and it has inspired me to think about you know type of the type of building tools that I would like to create uh, myself one day, both for um, that game. Um, I want to create kind of like a sci-fi sci-fi survival MMORPG that I want to create one day it's probably going to be a long 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 time like 20 years <laughs> um, or something like that um, hopefully sooner but most likely going to be a long time if I ever really do get to work on that when I work on that but um, it has inspired me a lot to think about you know this this tool I want to create for myself and I might start doing that. So I started also learning Unreal, the Unreal Engine, um, just in the very, very beginnings, just learning how to set up, set up a scene and stuff like that. So super, haven't really done, created anything um, with it yet. But I did enter into a creative challenge um, with my uh, coworkers. So uh, they're doing like a, a monthly challenge where everybody who, who's coming in, you know, makes a rule. You have to make a a thing around those rules. So I say a thing because it doesn't necessarily have to be a game. Um, if nobody <laughs> specifies that, it has to be a game. <laughs> and nobody did this time, so that's going to be interesting. Um, I'm still probably going to make it a game uh, just because I want to make one. I haven't actually made a game before, at least not, you know, like a real one. <laughs> um, I've messed around with, like, Scratch or, you know, stuff like that, but... <clears throat> never actually made a game in, in a game engine um, so very much looking forward to that well unless you count what you call it um, what was that engine uh, project spark that was one another one was a uh, game game world game trotters it was this kind of weird engine game thing um, where that was an interesting time I actually missed those times where they they were trying to make 
game engines that were more like games, but you can make games in them. <laughs> like, if, like Project Spark is a great example. That's probably more a uh, memorable one. Um, Project Spark, I think that was actually created by Microsoft, or one of their, you know, um, kind of components or whatever. But um, Project Spark was, was sort of a game, right? Like you can play many games within it, but you can, it was really for you to make games with it. Um, I think the, the popular one that's, that's, that's like that now is called Dreams, I think, on PlayStation. I haven't, I've never played that because I don't have a PlayStation, but I think it's the same idea. Um, so, yeah, I used to make games in that, as well as the, there was another one called, I think it's called Game Char Globe Charter? I don't know. I remember just being GG or something like that. <laughs> um, and I was heavy in, into that one. That was really fun. Um, unfortunately, it got closed down. Um, but yeah, so finally, you know, learning how to use these en engines to make a, a quote-unquote a real game. So uh, hopefully, <laughs> I can I can make that happen. Because what I would love to do is to prototype some of my own ideas. Right? Because I have I have so many ideas. So I want to start actually prototyping them, so that they're not just stuck in my head or on paper. Um, so there's this, you know, some, some real examples of what I want to, to happen. And hopefully that way it'll be much easier for me to, you know, um, bring other people aboard to build off of it or to, um, showcase or whatever. So yeah, that's kind of my, my ideas for that. Let's see where it goes. Um, I've also been steadily sort of, uh, working on this AI, um, I, I guess it's going to be a newsletter, article type of thing. Sort of a deep dive into my thoughts on AI and AGI. So it, I'm trying to have one place where I'm kind of bringing together all the things I've talked and thought about in on this subject in one, one, uh, one newsletter. And <laughs> to be honest, the way it's looking, like, the way it's looking right, right now, I don't think I'm going to... Uh, I'm definitely going to publish it, but I don't think I'm going to... like finish it <laughs> which really pains me to, to say and think about but I think right now is just for the best but just because it's there's so much happening in the space and there's so many other people who can who have said things that are way better but at the same time I still feel like there's a lot of things that are are not being said enough right so I'm just gonna throw my little hat in the ring probably gonna be nowhere nothing whatever but I still want to do it <laughs> just because I feel like it's uh, I want to do it <laughs> um, and hopefully you know somebody stumbles upon it and and be like oh yeah this is some good things to consider and uh, that's that's pretty much all I'm hoping for um, so yeah I'm gonna make it like a sort of living document sort of thing where I'm gonna put it as a newsletter I'm gonna try to organize it so I have like my most cohesive thoughts at the top and then like my less <laughs> Let's go. He's tops um, thoughts underneath and um, If people want to add to it or comment or whatever they can do that I'm going to link to my notion document where I, I'm, I'm you know constantly putting things So uh, we'll see where that goes. I don't I, I'm not I'm not super confident, but I think it's necessary and um, Yeah Some other ideas I have with that is 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 trying to find a uh, a nice indexable 
mind map situation so I've been looking up a little bit some of some uh, infinite canvas things because I, I really feel like that's that's such an underrated underrated uh, tool there the infinite canvas and to you know there's things like Miro, Miro and Mural that I've used and even Figma but they're just they're not they're literally just the canvas right like I what I really want is something that I actually thought um, notion was going to be right I want something like a graph database type of thing right but nothing like nothing like um, obsidian or you know what's the other tool that have like that's like that uh, um, obsidian there's the other one ramp or I don't know but they're they're both not what I'm looking for because <laughs> what what those I, I've tried to use them Rome research that's the other one but yeah I try to use them but they they don't really they don't really feel at all intuitive to me um it kind of like maybe if I spent more time to learn how it works but but one of my problems is that you know I hate I hate figuring things out like how they that that sounds bad it's not like I hate figuring things out like I hate when I feel like there's a certain way that a tool is to be is designed to be used and you're kind of forced to work how they want you to work instead of you just coming up with how you want to use the tool right like this is why I enjoy like for instance open world games <laughs> all right I, this is I think this is a good metaphor for it like a, a linear game you have to play it how the the, the the designer and developer you know designed the game and if you try to break out of that you're going to either break the game <laughs> or or you know have a subpar experience playing the game every now and then you might be able to find some really interesting you know um i'm not gonna say cheats but like <laughs> unexpected things that the designers or developers didn't really you know put into the game necessarily but those are rare right it's 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 really hard to make a linear game open <laughs> um but with open world games especially really well designed ones like you know um freaking elder scrolls or or Zelda right with those you can explore in pretty much any way you can come up with so many really unique ways of playing the game and going through the game and stuff like that and it's still designed like Zelda is one of the best examples of a really well designed open world game where they can they guide you along where they want you to go right and you have to kind of do things in a specific order sort of to uh, have the best experience but you don't really have to do it like that and you can if you're clever enough and if you're you know explore enough or if you're skilled enough you can go in a different order right you can you can still accomplish you know the goal and you can still have a great experience and that's what I like in my like non-gaming tools right like I like software and tools and whatever that's what I think that's why I like Valium so much too it's a similar type of thing right like you you technically can just skip ahead but it's really hard to do that <laughs> so if you don't have the knowledge or forethought or whatever to do that you're better you're better off just following you know um, how they designed it but but within that you can still do so many different things and you can have so much creativity in how you go about it right so what I would love to see in an infinite canvas tool right or any type of note-taking and, and mind mapping and these types of tools is that it doesn't to try to constrain you to this one way of using the tool but it opens up you know um 
you know, all the different ways in which you can use a tool, but at the same time still guide you along, you know, the generally good way to use it. So Notion is the closest thing I've, I've seen to that so far, where there is, you know, a generally good way of using the tool. And they, they offer that through like templates and things like that, in which you can use if you want. But you can just as easily do all sorts of things, all sorts of things. And I've, I've done all sorts of things with these tools, you know. So, uh, oh, somebody was texting me. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, like, I think it's, I think it's really unfortunate that a lot of these tools, like, obsidian or Rome research i feel like they're very much kind of constrain you to say oh this is what a graph database should be super technical type of thing like a, this is a, it's a way you have to like organize your files and and use it and stuff like that it, it just doesn't feel intuitive to me it doesn't feel really fun or <laughs> um helpful to be honest but i know other people do enjoy it and that's that's fine for them nonetheless i i got way off topic but <laughs> What I want to try and do, um, if I have the time, is to turn this AI paper into a sort of graph, I don't want to say graph database, into a sort of um, mind mapping, you know, infinite canvas type of tool where I'm putting down different ideas in different areas and those link out to various things that inspire me with these things or different thoughts that I have around them. And then so people can like carry on the conversation or the research and stuff like that. So yeah, we'll, we'll see where that goes. I'm not super confident I'd be able to find something for it, but maybe, maybe. I recently, well, not really recently, it's been a couple of weeks now, um, and I meant to delve in deeper, but um, I, I did find a um, page that, that kind of uh, consolidates or, or you know gathers, collects all these infinite canvas apps and tools. So I, I wanna work through there and see you know, you know, if there's something that really will help me towards that. Um, but yeah, overall, I really, I really wish the internet was more, was more open to this sort of thing, right? Like a, a big, a big disappointment I have with modern day technology is that for all the advancements in, in computing and stuff like that, that we have today, it's still extremely difficult for a non-technical person to really, you know, do what they want <laughs> on the internet to, to like create a, a an app um that's not just a glorified website or, or or shopify page right like whenever i hear i hear people say oh yeah you can do that but really you can't because i I've, I've delved um a lot of the no code tools and things like that and a lot of them are super constrained to oh do you just want to build a website <laughs> right um or if you want to build an app it's, it's basically just a a, a copy of whatever you know the popular apps are today which are social media apps shopping apps or um a forum of some sort right a wiki of some sort like if it's not <laughs> any of those then you're 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 gonna have a really hard time um like myself creating um truly innovative ideas and I don't, i'm not trying to like pat myself on the back and say oh yeah i'm, I'm so innovative no i'm just fucking weird right like <laughs> <laughs> a big problem with myself is that I um I have a hard time you know I have a hard time trying to uh, like I, I don't know I guess agreeing with people or or <laughs> being satisfied with what's there 
um, I'm always like thinking about the weird thing. Like, oh, what if we do things in this really weird way that might not work out, but might might could, <laughs> right? It might be uh, truly innovative, right? It might be truly world changing if we do it this way, but it might not. <laughs> but unfortunately, there's no way for me to really experiment with all these different ideas uh, with with little to no income. Uh, with little to no resources, with little to no access to other people who can help me do these things. And unfortunately, I'm just not really interested in trying to build my own company and all this other stuff to in order to make that happen. So I, I kind of put myself in a corner here, um, which is why <laughs> I'm trying to uh, um, get out of it in some ways without also you know, kind of sacrificing my values. Um, and maybe, again, that's just, maybe that's just me being stupid. I don't know. But that's that's where I am. Um, but that, that does lead me to AI, once again. So all things seem to come back to AI these days. <laughs> um, that is a big reason why I'm excited, right, for AI and AGI. Like, I would love to be able to speak to a computer and it understands what the hell I'm what the hell I'm talking about and what I want to do and helps me to close that gap right like I would absolutely love to just be like oh I want to create this amazing thing you know maybe it's not amazing maybe it is here's my idea blah blah blah, blah. and it works with me like with 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 um you know um forming my ideas out adding more context figuring out how to how to make it work um how to experiment how to test it all these other things like I would love <laughs> for computers to be able to do that but unfortunately i'm just not at all positive um or confident that we're going to be able to create tools that do that at least not at scale and certainly not accessibly because i'm what, what i'm seeing right now is the uh the fact that a lot of these tools are extremely expensive and energy and efficient right it takes a lot of resources to run these things to train them and so in order to have access to them, you have to spend a huge amount of money. Um, you have to know a lot of technical stuff to mess around with the API and develop your own you know, apps and things like that. And even like the idea of, oh, it can code for you. It really can't, right? Or I should say like, if you don't understand computer science yourself, if you don't understand some elements of coding and things like that yourself, it's extremely difficult for it to produce good code because <laughs> it doesn't like it can't really self-direct um at least not not to the level that a non-technical person needs it to do right like if i say make a game <laughs> and i gave it a, a broad definition or a broad idea of what the game is right like make a make a uh um i don't know make a let's take a general example if i say make a fps game right it's gonna give me a really broad <laughs> Um, you know, idea on how to do that, right? Like I've done this with ChatGPT. It says, "Oh yeah, you're gonna use Unity. You're gonna do this." <laughs> it's like this really broad bullet points. If you try to get it to expand, it might or it might not. It depends. Like, like we would have to do a sitting. Like you could just try to do this yourself if you don't know any code. Like try to make it. Try to actually make an app with ChatGPT or any of these these things. It's extremely difficult to actually you know go from end to end from an idea to an actual product like it's it's extremely difficult um 
if 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 it even is possible, because half the time it says, "Oh, I'm a, I'm a language, large language model, blah blah blah." I don't know how to do that. <laughs> um, even though other people swear up and down that you can do this, right? So I'm not. I'm still not sure how. Or rather, I I'm pretty sure that people, the way people are doing this, is not really with GPT, but with the, at least not with the Chat GPT, but with the API. Um, in which case, you need access to tokens, and then you have to pay. Like the pricing of those tokens is pretty crazy. It's not just twenty dollars a month. It's you know an additional cost for every you know certain amount of um, like calls to the API basically. So if we actually are using this pretty extensively, and if other people begin to use your app too, it's gonna be it's gonna get crazy like with the, with the cost there. And of course, people are gonna say, oh, they'll they'll make it um, cheaper and all this other stuff. But but will they? Like, and what would that cost? Like going to what I was saying last time. Um, the fact is that these, you know, AI models take an enormous amount of data, right? You, they have to create these big ass, um, um, you know, data centers, right? That that's physical resources going into there, and they have to create better and better computer chips, right? These um, graphical uh, cards, or you know, um, or, or or the other types of chips specified for these these um, models. And that takes a lot of resources <laughs> and a lot of energy, right? A lot of physical um, mining and all this other stuff. So you have to ask, you know, how much, you know, effort and resources will it take to actually turn these into, um, you know, freely available and accessible products? I don't really know. And I, I, I don't think it's going to be all that cheap or accessible. So, yeah, I am... Uh, I'm very skeptical of that claim. Um, but nonetheless, yeah, I am excited still. I'm just also <laughs> skeptical, and I, I just, I just really hope <laughs> that we don't destroy the world trying to trying to create this, you know, you know godlike machine. <laughs> I really hope we don't do that. Like that would be stupid. That would be like one of the worst ways to go. Um, right behind, like, a freaking, freaking nuclear, you know, um, attack, you know, or, or a, uh, climate disaster, just, just due to our own, you know, I can't even say our, too, that's another thing, like, I've talked about this before, I think it is really important that we stop saying, stop being so inclusive with our, <laughs> our idea of who's causing these problems i think by default many of us kind of say oh yeah this is how we do things humanity right um but the fact of the matter is most of humanity is not actually getting the benefits of this technology all right and that's another thing i've been thinking about too is how to better communicate to people the fact that even with our 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 supposed advancements in and technology and, and things like that. The fact that most of us still don't really live better lives, all right? Like we have, might have bigger TVs and smaller phones or better phones, but we don't really have better tech, not like better well-being, right? Even though you can have, technically have a bigger home, those home, the quality of that home is not great because many of us live in communities that are you know, urban sprawled and have no access to um, walkable neighborhoods and parks and 
all this other stuff clean water you know food that you can trust like <laughs> like we we many of us know that we very much not only live in a bubble but live in a very delicate and fragile bubble right like many of us realize that our food is by and large not good <laughs> right um and yet people love to just ignore the reason for that right like they, they think i don't know if people think it's just natural or necessary that we live in a world especially in the quote-unquote developed nations where you know we have to have this trade-off of wealth for health <laughs> or that you know the idea of health is binary to where oh yeah we have medicines but the fact that most people can actually afford good medicine is extremely problematic like i don't know it's it's obvious stuff but i feel like it's just not very not very well communicated or not very well um talked about much um i was watching this video earlier today i didn't finish it but it was talking about how mo many companies today especially or especially in the u.s may not be in other parts of the world i think it is though but many of the big type tech companies and even non-tech companies are not really after profitability profitability <laughs> at least not directly these days after growth right so many of these companies are not profitable year after year they have hundreds of millions if not billions of dollars of loss in terms of profit right they're not actually profitable and yet they're still growing they're still seen as successful companies right um and to me i'm not sure what this video is going to say but i think it's probably going to be somewhere along the lines of the fact that the reason for this is because you know of idea of stocks and, and shareholders where you know the very idea of growth means that there's an idea of maybe you can be um, more profitable right like the whole point of, the, uh, of these stocks and shareholders is the fact that you can there's like a promise right being made of oh yeah one day or, or rather the um the trend says that you'll have an increase in profit in 10 years or you have a 100x return in profit right and the best way to assure that is by seeing the growth the continued growth of the company and saying okay if it continues to grow then it means your your profits will continue to grow and so when eventually when you finally do exit or you know reach this you know threshold you can get a payout but <laughs> of course for many of these companies it's it's not about the uh um the exit right that the or, well it's, it's two it's, there's two things here on one side especially for a lot of startups it is about the exit right it's about oh you know at least for the um the founders right it's for oh you want to build this company get it to a size and then sell it right and then you can build another one because a lot of them like building things uh, which is understandable but they also unfortunately you know do that at the expense of you know the the, the stability of the product and the the ethical considerations and things like that but on the other side there is the shareholders right which especially for these public companies the idea that they get their success by increasing their um the quote-unquote value 
of their stocks, right? And to do that, the company has to grow. The company has to show that it's doing new things and all this other stuff. But <laughs> the funny thing is that you can grow, but you don't necessarily have to be good, <laughs> right? You don't necessarily have to be ethical, I should say, right? Because good is subjective in, in some shape or form. Many of these companies can, like, for instance, a great, a great example of this is the R&D spending, right? The fact is that for the last couple of decades, R&D has, has gotten crazy, right? Companies are spending more and more on R&D over the last couple of decades. And typically that means that, oh, yes, that means these companies care about innovation and there's more amazing technologies coming out. But multiple research has shown that we've gotten less innovation right that the results of that R&D is actually getting worse and worse <laughs> year after year right um, in fact I was reading this article um, just to make sure like because uh, before actually I thought that they were spending less on R&D but when I looked it up no they're spending more on R&D but they're getting less results out of it all right, so there's this Harvard paper talking about, oh, is um, is research getting harder or is or are companies getting worse at it? And <laughs> um, his theory and many of the tests since then have shown that, no, companies are just getting worse at it. All right. Because you you would think this, you would think that, oh, they, they just gotten all the, the the low hanging fruit. Right. Just harder to do research these days. But when you actually look at how these companies um, are producing things or look at what they're producing and stuff like that, or even if even if you ever worked, um, or especially if you ever worked in when they're innovation labs and things like that, you'll see that no, <laughs> these companies are really bad at R&D. And this is something I, I, I was able to see, not only firsthand, but also um, when talking with my design mentor um, a couple years back, they were talking about how you can see that companies are getting worse at R&D because, um, or to her, she thought they were spending less on R&D, but it was most likely that they were spending less on good R&D. And so what I mean by that is, in the beginning, I'm not going to say in the beginning, but like earlier, <laughs> you know, in like last century, a lot of R&D was spent for like basically the precursor of design, right? Ergonomics and things like that um and a lot of the technologies that we get today are from you know these kind of design centric you know things where you had a good r and we had an r and d lab where they did experiments with people to see okay what kind of product you know would be helpful what kind of product you know um would help people in these lives their lives make it easier and all this other stuff so a lot of the r and d was was well documented right think about bell labs and um, going into Xerox and where, where Apple came from, stuff like that. Obviously, things like Xerox shows that not everything was great, right? Like Xerox Park, they missed the whole mouse and keyboard thing. But a lot of the Apple stuff came from many of these R&D labs, right? Another example is Bell Labs and AT&T and all this other stuff. But at some point, there there was a constant, there was more of more of a shift away from the doing good design in R&D. And Tor is just sort of marketing R&D, right? Like this is where like a lot of Google does this. Google does a lot of this where they say, oh, 
you know, we're doing all these amazing things, these moonshot projects, but a lot of them don't go anywhere. And every time Google does create a product, <laughs> right, at some point, they, um, they just drop the product. This, this dog is just barking at me for some reason. I don't know whose dog it is. Distracting. But, um, yeah, like, you can see this all the time with Google, Google products. They just, they just abandon their projects half, half the time. And it, it's, it's really ridiculous. And a big reason for that is because, number one, they don't have to pay taxes, right? A lot of these um, products, they create them. Oh, my gosh, this dog is just what you want. But, yeah, um, yeah, a lot of these times these companies, you know, are spending so much on R&D because if they don't report a profit, um, they actually don't have to pay taxes because they didn't make a profit, right? They didn't make a few, like a lot of their revenue they just put it back into the company. And a lot of people assume that means oh, that means they're creating more jobs and more, you know, good products and things like that. But <laughs> we actually don't see that, right? You actually see, oftentimes, God, Lee, these folks are just flying down this road. This is a, a residential area, <laughs> 50 miles an hour. What the hell? Um, this is this. See, this is another. This is why kids get ran over in a lot of these neighborhoods. This is why kids don't play outside, actually. Right? Goddamn car century. Um, anyways, yeah. If they don't make a profit, they don't have to pay taxes. You know, a lot of them, a lot of these companies do would hire a bunch of people, not because they actually need them, but because they spend or they make more money if they hire a bunch of people. They show that they're hiring because that increases their stock value. Um, and they don't have to pay taxes in it, uh, on anything, right? And on top of that, they can also get subsidies from the government, right? That's that's another part that people don't really realize is that a lot of these huge companies get a huge amount of subsidies um, whenever they don't report a profit, um, when they show that they're investing more into the into their company and all this other stuff. Because the theory, right, is that um, because they're investing back in a company, they will have more jobs and they'll that will increase the economy, the GDP, and all this other stuff. But in actuality, <laughs> they don't actually have to. Um, they might create, they might hire a bunch of people at one point, but then they do a massive layoff at another point, right? Years down the line, when either there's a small economic downturn, or if they just want to, you know, show that they're um, growing still, right? Um, in order to get that revenue back and put it back into their. You know, away from the, the human resources and back into the shareholder profit, the shareholder payouts or whatever. Now, I might not be super accurate with that, and I didn't finish watching the video, but that's kind of my theory of what they're gonna, what they're going to say. Because this is a lot of this is like economics one on one for a lot of these um, businesses and things like that. Um, but this is another reason why, like, the, the idea of capitalism is so incredibly fucked <laughs> because it doesn't incentivize you know, innovation, it doesn't incentivize, or even competition or anything like that, right? It simply incentivizes um, more and more profitability. And that profitability, it doesn't have to be, doesn't even have to be real, right? That's that's what's funny about it. The profitability, profitability can just be theoretical, right? It can just be a quote-unquote promise, right? It's the same reason why real estate is such an incredibly um, big part of the economy, because every time you buy or, you know, sell a house or really every time you buy a house, right, 
um, that money is not real because oftentimes nobody, most people don't buy a house straight out, right? You don't pay the full price of that house when you buy it. You get a mortgage, right? Which is a giant loan. And so what happens there is that the, the bank can then say, oh, we're going to have this amount of profit, right? We're going to have this amount of um, um, additional income. And because we're going to have that, we can use this going to have money in the stock market to invest <laughs> into the stock market. And this going to have money makes, um, makes interest, right? <laughs> Um, because like the, they say, okay, we're going to have this amount, but we're going to charge this person an extra interest every, until, you know, every year until they pay off the going to amount. So not only are we going to have this amount, but we're going to have even double this or even, you know, X amount of this, <laughs> you know, th this, this fake money, this, this, uh, um, hot air. And <laughs> they invest that in the, in the, in the, um, stock market to get, you know, to compound that interest. So, the so much of our economy is based on all of this going to have money, <laughs> these IOUs, these these loans, these um, hot air, and it's it's really it's really terrifying when you realize it, right? Which is why you know when banks suddenly collapse, it's so scary because people are <laughs> people, you know, when when people hear a bank is is, is going out, they rush to go get their money. But the bank literally does not have all that money, right? Most of it, the vast majority of it is going to have money <laughs> that they say they're going to have in, in you know, a couple of years or whatever. Um, and so that's why, you know, banks collapse when, when you have this rush on the banks like that. So the fact that our entire economy is, is pretty much just hot air should, should really worry you and, to, and really shows the, the problem, the problems of capitalism. It also is, the, is like why it's a double-edged sword and why people consider it a good thing, why many economists consider it a good thing, because <laughs> it's basically saying that, oh, we've created a system where people can make believe that something will happen, that, that good things will come, and because they believe that, then we can make good things happen, right? We can, we can invest in things. We can use fake money. <laughs> and uh, I'm not going to lie, it's, it's a... It's a it's a genius idea, right? The idea that you can use fake money to make real money. <laughs> but it's also fucking terrifying and, and in some ways really stupid. Because that means if anything does happen and those you know, futures don't pan out, then uh, you're shit out of luck. <laughs> all right? If people realize what the hell is happening and they all go and ask for their money or they all default on their loans or all this other stuff, then the entire system can can come collapsing down, which is why the government you know panics so much whenever you know you you hear something about a, a housing bubble or you know um, or some other bubble, and they say, oh, okay, we got to fix the interest rates, but you know those those tricks kind of run out, which is what we're seeing today. <sighs> but there's there's so much you know about economics and all this other stuff. It's such a mess, and. Uh, like I said before, when I came up with that fire metaphor, I do think you can you can, you can have some good things from the ideas of capitalism, right? But you have to treat it like a fire, which is very much constrained. You don't directly use it, right? You don't directly put your hands in it and stuff like that. Um, 
but I think that's a, that's a high level conversation where you can't just you know um, casually say, oh yeah, there's good things about capitalism, um, at least not in the leftist you know um, field sphere. And I think that's warranted, right? Because I think there's too many people who automatically assume that there's good things from capitalism, right? Like, I hate capitalism. I think we should completely abolish it. But I do think that it's important to recognize why and how we got how we got here all right just like if you uh, just like if you have a fire that's that's burning down everything you don't want to outlaw all fire <laughs> like it, it doesn't make sense you can't just not use fire right but you can say okay we're going to use it in this very specific way or we're going to even copy you know um copy what you can get from it like you know from fire you can get fire you can get light and warmth without actually using the fire and so you can cut down on all the the bad parts while still getting the good parts right and the good parts of capitalism is the fact that you can have this it's not it's not innovation it's not competition it's not it's none of those things because all those things exist in markets in general not in capitalism with capitalism you can get this amazing benefit of (laughs) make-believe of storytelling Right, you can get this amazing benefit of people promising to do a thing, not because they actually have that thing, or you know, are are able to do a thing, not because they actually have those resources or whatever, but because they believe in this shared story that <laughs> you know things will generally get better, and that's a powerful idea. That's an incredibly powerful idea. But we need to completely separate it from this idea that. You know, you should capitalize on everything and you should have private, private everything and all, prioritize all the things. And all. We should completely kick that down the road, like like kick that off the cliff. Like <laughs> we don't need that. Um, that's extremely destructive. But definitely the idea that, you know, we can we can have this story of like, oh, yeah, the future will be better. And therefore, you know, you should trust and invest in the future. That's amazing. That's powerful. But I don't think that's exclusive to capitalism just like fire just like warmth and heat is not exclusive to fire all right but yeah i'll end it there just wanted to talk a little bit <laughs> i don't know if i made any sense with these I, I don't know i rarely ever do know if i make sense with these but you know it's i find it therapeutic and i hope people do get to some things from this um some things i'm looking forward to in the next week or two or whatever is you know i'm really hoping to get another car this car is just stressing me out so much um so i applied for a loan um for my for my credit union hopefully that goes through even if it doesn't i should theoretically still be able to afford um a lease nowadays and i'm pretty sure i'm gonna get a raise soon um as soon as it's able. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to believe in that story just a little bit. <laughs> that the future might be a little bit better. At least the immediate future. And we'll see where that goes. Um, I'm also looking forward to AI. As terrible as it is today. I am. I have seen more and more you know, open source alternatives. Coppering up. And, and more and more you know, people developing it in the open. So I do have some, some hope. That people are doing the very things that I was hoping that people do um 
and I also I'm going to try and be better at reaching out to these people and say hey you know here's my design thoughts on it because I, th- I do think a lot of them are designed terribly <laughs> they're designed way too technically and I think there needs to be more accessible design to where a non-technical person can feel confident with being able to understand and use these tools um, I'm also looking forward to spending more time with my friends that's been super awesome been feeling like I really got to get into build a, some community I might be taking some trips soon so looking forward to that more details later um, and yeah working on my projects playing playing Valheim <laughs> hopefully you can make my own building tool to where I can easily build things I might get some clay because I was thinking about the, I was talking to my partner the other day about how I really like building things with my hands but all the tools out there for it or, or I feel don't feel flexible enough so I think clay might be a good you know little first step getting back into building things with my hands um, and we'll see the way that goes and yeah that's just that's where I am so far as always thanks for listening let me know your thoughts and um, keep being awesome keep being Radical, keep being revolutionary. Don't be afraid to be revolutionary. You know, change is possible, change is inevitable. The question is, will that change be positive? <laughs> and will we, you know, be the ones changing? Will we be the ones to, you know, surf that change or will we be drowned by it? And I, for one, think we can surf it. So, yeah, thanks. As always, and uh, love you. I don't know who you are, but I think I love you if you're listening to this. <laughs> and have a great day. See ya. Bye bye.